Hello and welcome to Happy Hour on the Fringe. My name is Raina Searles and I'm the Marketing Manager at Fringe Arts. In the wake of the global coronavirus pandemic, many of us, especially those in arts organizations, have had to reflect on ways to do our work despite dramatic social disruptions. One thing Fringe Arts is excited to continue doing is connecting our artists and community partners with all of you listening through this podcast. We're diving into how artists are responding to the pandemic, the intersection between art and public health, and how community partners are working to meet the specific needs of their constituents. You can learn more about what we're doing at Fringe Arts by visiting fringearts.com backslash COVID-19. And as always, enjoy our conversations with some of the most imaginative people on this plane of existence. And welcome to Happy Hour on the Fringe. This is Zach Blackwood, an artistic producer at Fringe Arts. Today we're talking to Greg from Philly Improv Theater, better known as FIT here, uh, a local comedy venue in Philadelphia that was founded 15 years ago. FIT produces over 1,000 performances annually, which range from fully improvised comedies to original sketch shows and more. They've been live streaming performances during quarantine, and we're here to talk a little more about FIT and how they're faring. First of all, welcome Greg. Welcome, Greg. Thank you so much for having me. It's a it's a pleasure to be talking to another human being. Uh, <laughs> I don't do much of that anymore. Well, uh, th- thanks. It's nice to have you here too. Uh, it's nice to just you know hear other people other than just like the sound of my dog breathing um, yeah. and like my neighbors talking too loud in their backyards. My upstairs neighbor is definitely exercising a decent amount these days. Oh God! I hear a lot of just jumping. oh i'm so sorry well as it is happy hour on the fringe we're gonna start the way we always start greg what are you drinking drinking hot chocolate zach oh wow oh yeah i I know it's not even cold out but i feel like this is comfort food for me and i I i've needed a a lot of comforting in the last two months oh well i I hope it's you have like marshmallows going on is it like fully loaded only way to do it with marshmallows, yeah. Oh, good, 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 good. See, that's so interesting because I've also been buying buying marshmallows recently. Um, I've been I I've had hot chocolate uh, before, but something about this quarantine was like this hot chocolate is nothing without marshmallows. And I've been I I just recently I was buying the mini ones and I just recently bought the giant ones. So we're gonna see how that goes in my next cup. Uh, but right now I'm having iced tea. Very nice, very nice. And I myself am having an oat milk latte. I I iced an oat milk latte here in my house. Uh, I did not know how to do that at the beginning of quarantine at all. Uh, But yeah, you know, uh, necessity and all that. So Greg, uh, we've had the chance to see some of what Fit is doing and have really enjoyed being able to watch people doing improv from their homes and using different camera setups and uh, still kind of, you know, creating art during this time. So just kind of to give everyone an overview, can you tell us about what FIT has been up to since quarantine started? I mean, we uh, we were in a kind of interesting position because our, our model is producing year-round, you know, sometimes 20 performances in a week, um, kind of variety of things, and working almost on a community theater model where primarily people who are performing, although they're eligible for a share of the ticket sales, if the crowd is large, you know, they're doing it for the love of performing. 
and they're not really doing it primarily for income. Um, so we had this, this difficult situation of lots and lots and lots of things that we're always preparing. We're not just doing three shows a year, you know, uh, or four shows a season. Um, and then having a bunch of people who weren't necessarily going to get anything from doing the show, um, being asked to reimagine the thing they do. And so I think we did a fairly good job of getting back online pretty quickly. I think we were dark for one full week. And then the following week, we had performances again. Um, and just a, a limited set. And the, the schedule we're doing now is significantly less than um, what we would normally do. We're sort of uh, trying to have uh, one show a night, Wednesday through Saturday, and adding in some Sundays. And then we're doing things that are just community events, um, you know, for our performers and our students in our training center and the people who are kind of in the orbit of the theater, um, you know, like coffee in the morning on Zoom or come and do meditation on a Monday night with us for 30 minutes, um, just to try and keep people connected. Because for me, um, you know, I've always viewed the theater first and foremost as a hub for the comedy community in the city. Mm-hmm and um, kind of a place where people come to connect with folks who are like-minded and then go out and discover projects they want to work on together or things they want to create in, in small groups that they can bring back and put up on our stages. So one of the big challenges I think that we've had is how do you maintain a community which has been so much about being in person and face-to-face and, you know, actual interaction how do you try to translate that to an online world and uh i'm definitely not coming to you claiming i've figured it out but um we're improvisers and so the one benefit we have is we're very good at trying a lot of things and seeing what works and doing it pretty quickly because that's our art form that's amazing do you guys have any like great learnings that have already emerged for you i mean uh what you were saying about that interactivity, about the flatness of like a digital environment and the way that that changes the exchange between audience and artist is something that I think everybody's grappling with in the field as we try and kind of make this, it feels like trying to turn a cruise ship around, you know, and in, in, in think about uh, in a new way uh, what it means to experience a performance. Like, are there, are there any things that you guys have tried already that feel like they differently orient that relationship? Well, I don't know. I mean, I think we really are. It feels very early still, um, although I think that, you know, we've learned a lot. And in the next few months, we're going to learn a lot more. And and very realistically, like, I do think we're going to be doing this for quite some time. And um, even after we go back to whatever the new normal is or, you know, further down the road when we return to a version of the old normal, I sort of anticipate that we're going to be continuing to do things online because I think there are going to be some interesting things that come out of this time that we decide we like and that people want to keep doing. Um, the, the big differences that I've noticed, the number one thing, obviously, for comedy is, you know, it's a Im- improv and stand-up, which we do a bit of, and, and sketch. They're, they're very interactive with the audience, not just in terms of getting suggestions, you know, the way people know that on Whose Line Is It Anyway, you get a lot of suggestions, but um, 
they're very audience interactive because the comedians are often following the cues they receive from the audience, the feedback of the laughter to decide which direction to go with a scene. And that is completely taken away. Um, so one of the challenges for us is trying to figure out how to have a level of interaction with the audience and be able to pick up on it. You know, it's, it's a much different thing to be doing a scene live on stage in a room with a hundred people where you just hear the waves of laughter and know that something is hit. Now our performers are on zoom. They are trying to keep one corner of their eye on a chat window to see if people who are watching are responding to things they're doing in the chat. And we've been trying to encourage and train our audience in the chat, uh, you know, without being objectionable kind of trolls, uh, but like to respond to the things that they find funny, you know, to type, uh, to type that they're laughing or to type that they're clapping or to repeat a line that they think is funny that they might whisper to a person next to them if they were in an audience. Um, and, and that's just a very strange, strange experience. I think we've also, um, you know, discovered that we're trying to be more interactive, um, with the audience in a lot of ways, like trying to, um, go to the chat to pull information from the audience and incorporate it into the show as we're going along, just based on what's happening there conversationally. Um, and, so that's that's something that we've definitely been trying to figure out is just how do you um, how do you get feedback when you're improvising in a forum where you don't necessarily get feedback um, that you're used to, and then I think the other thing that um, has been interesting to me is trying to figure out the difference between stage and Zoom and trying to figure out what works. Um, and I keep stressing to our performers and when I have conversations with people thinking about ideas, because we've had a lot of conversations in uh, the last eight weeks and tried a lot of things that we've never ended up then putting in front of a public audience um, because they just didn't work or people weren't quite sure how they were going to go. But um, I think figuring out that it's a different medium, it's a more, it's a more filmic or like television type medium, you know, you're on camera. Um, and so seeing people just uh, play with ways to do things like camera placement or um, fast motion in and out of frame that you can't necessarily do on stage, um, but that you can do here. And so some of the most interesting stuff that I've seen us do um, has more of the quality of, uh, of film than it does the quality of stage um, in terms of the way mm -hmm. the actors are presenting it. Well, I'm curious, you, you mentioned that, and I, I'm curious if any of those were ideas that were circulating before it was, before it had to be the case, like it was like, oh, it would be really cool if we could do this, but we can't, or, oh, you know, it'd be cool if we could create this effect on stage, but we, we don't know how, and so if this has kind of like allowed you to do those ideas that you had before, or if it's mostly been like creating on the fly and coming up with things as you go? I think it's mostly been coming up with things on the go and on the fly. But there there have been a few times in the past where, again, because we're an improv theater and it's, there's not a lot of um, you know lead time to put an idea up and not a huge financial investment. Uh, we've done a couple things where we've played with video. We've done 
uh, stage shows where we've had projections that the actors are interacting with. Obviously, we've done a show where a bunch of people put GoPros on. And so you were watching them do the show, but you could also watch the screen to see the view of all the people, what they were looking at and seeing. And that was kind of chaotic. Um, and, uh, and we've done one or two shows where um, we've had casts that were very popular and had long running sort of recurring performances at the theater over many years, but maybe got scattered to the winds and have wanted to do reunion shows. And we did a reunion show last year where about half the cast of a show were actually just all on like Facebook Live, kind of popping up on a screen, interacting with live actors on the stage. Um, and, you know, that was a bit of a mess, but it was fun. Um, and it was kind of a thing we did late at night. And we're like, that was a fun thing we did and tried with no inkling, of course, uh, that this was going to be primarily what we were doing this year. Um, so one of the nice benefits is that, you know, we've been able to have a lot of people who have moved to New York or Chicago or Los Angeles or, um, a really beloved performer from the theater who went on to become the co-artistic director at another improv theater in Portland, Oregon, was able to come back and do shows. Um, so, you know, those, those things have been really nice or like the ability to very easily drop someone we know and really love and appreciate who lives somewhere else into a show um, or to approach people who are a little more notable to have them just kind of show up because they're also locked inside with no clear opportunities for theatrical work. Um, and that's something in talking with other owners and managers and directors of theaters like mine around the country um, that a lot of other folks are doing as well. So you know, from that point of view, it's made it easier to collaborate across distance. Um, although the, the nature of the collaboration looks very different, you know. And how have those kind of collaborations borne out audience-wise? Like, are you seeing um, a different or like more expanded audience in terms of uh, distance than you might have previously? So, yeah, because again, we never really streamed things before. Um, I mean, we used to film performances and we would uh, put those kind of archival recordings, you know, up on YouTube if people had a family member they wanted to share it with, or if students at our training center were taking a class and, you know, they wanted to share it with their grandparents or something who lived in Florida or California or wherever. Um, one of the things we did very quickly, and I think this is the best example of how this has been beneficial, is we had a, a national improv festival that was scheduled to take place the 1st through the 4th of April. And so with about 10 days notice, we completely turned that on its head and moved it online. And we ran this um, festival, which we have done off and on since 2010. So this was kind of the 10th anniversary and we were very excited. Um, but uh, it's called Duo Fest, all two-person improv comedy acts. And uh, there were some people who hadn't been able to commit to coming, and suddenly we were able to have them perform because they were just performing from home. Um, there were some people who uh, used to perform together and now were split by space, but they were able to perform. And uh, it was a way for us just very quickly to put up a show which featured people from all over the country. And um, of all the weeks of programming we've done since the pandemic began, those those performances, which were national and, um, you know, 
acts which were more exciting, things you couldn't normally see in Philadelphia. Those performances sold extremely well. They were the best week of programming we did. It also didn't hurt that it was very quickly afterwards before, because now there is, you know, frankly, more competition. I mean, people are figuring this out. More people are online doing things. So the audience is being spread out a bit more. Um, but I saw some really interesting things. Like uh, there was a fantastic duo called the Wadsworth Constant that do improvised absurdist plays. And um, it's Nick Gillette, who was part of Almanac Dancer for years, who's done stuff with the band. And Kristen Shear, who was a former, um, you know, a booker and producer at our theater who moved to Portland, Oregon. They did a show where they played around with camera angle a bunch. And they did a show, just two of them on the Zoom screen, where Kristen Shear had set a camera on the floor and kind of kept covering the camera and uncovering it with a piece of paper uh, and had this view looking down at it. And uh, Nick had set himself up in like an emptied out walk-in closet or something where he must have taped his camera up in the ceiling. And they did a whole show where the conceit was that Kristen Shear's character was carrying Nick Gillette's character around in a box and just kept opening the box to look into it and talk to him. And he kept jumping up to try and get out of the box and was obviously very small. And, you know, that's something we never could have done on stage. Um, and so it was a really fascinating, fun show that just took the, the, the restrictions of the medium and did something with them to kind of get around them and make it more interesting. Um, and there have been other performances like that, but that's the one that comes to mind first for me because it was the first thing I saw. I went, yes, somebody is trying to do something with this other than just, let's just do what we always do, but now it just happens to have a camera pointed at it. Um, and that's one of the big challenges is getting people over that hump of just wanting to do what they know and feel comfortable with, but maybe won't translate as well. You know, I keep saying Zoom, but let's be honest, like any video, any kind of video conference um, isn't going to translate as a, as a stage, really. Although we're playing with things like virtual backgrounds and extra layers of production now to try and figure out what we can do to make things a little more, um, you know, polished. Um, the part of this is I think that it is kind of rough. Well, it's great to hear that you guys are thinking about this, like as an opportunity to uh, be more expansive and kind of more accessible and more relevant to more people. I think that's what we're finding kind of as we had these conversations with artists that as much as this is limiting to the creative environment in which we're used to working or the creative reflexes that we might already have. It's also deeply kind of freeing and uh, kind of expansive to look at uh, in what ways this new medium or this new uh, relationship between audience and artist creates opportunities to play with new expectations that people have, including like how Zoom works and uh, these virtual backgrounds and the idea of like even just... Um, when people switch the orientation of their face, uh, like horizontally, like the flipping of things is so funny and can be really, really ridiculous. Um, how are you thinking about uh, like these improvements or uh, I don't mean to say improvements, like there was a deficiency, but like, uh, like these new fixtures on your programming model, how do those move into the future and move into uh, some imagined like post quarantine world um, are you thinking about those things and, you know, what, what, what building out this new digital infrastructure and community means for you guys, uh, as you move forward? 
Yeah, I mean, I'm giving it some thought, although I'll also admit to, you know, being deep in the throes of a, a crisis. And so sometimes what's on fire today and then, you know, I'm, I'm there with a bucket all afternoon. But, um, you know, for me, I think actually where it's been the most interesting and probably has the most long term uh, impact on the theater is has been in our education. So we have for the entire time we've been open been also kind of equally a performance space and a training center. And so we've offered classes in stand-up, improv, sketch, um, dramatic and comedic acting, storytelling, other disciplines uh, for 15 years. And that's a really important and significant source of our income because we try to operate on our income. We try to operate without um, financial support, although that obviously will be a different case this year. Um, And what we had to do very quickly when all this started was we had to figure out how to offer classes to 300 students who had signed up for classes that were supposed to start on March 15th uh, that week. Uh, how do you teach all those people online? And uh, also, you know, how do you, to be quite frank and honest and transparent, how do you not give refunds to all of those people? Because if everyone had requested a refund, we would have probably had to close our doors or at least tell them, get in line and wait a while. Um, and we were very fortunate. About half of the students wanted to continue online and the other half said they were happy to wait um, until they could take a class in person and, and receive a credit. And that's one of the other great things. I think people have been very understanding in the theater community because they support theater, they recognize its value and, and they want to do what they can to help. Um, but for us, figuring out how to do classes online has been a really kind of fun problem in my mind. And, um, you know, instructors were obviously nervous. I mean, I went to teach a class and I was nervous and I prefaced it by saying, I don't know how any of this is going to go, but we're going to try it. And if it doesn't work, I'll come up with something else because I'm an improviser. Um, but we've got, you know, a couple hundred students uh, who continued with class and are having a really fun time. And, and we're figuring out that you can really have meaningful connection you can uh, learn the skills of improv online. And uh, so that's been really exciting. And it's also brought in people who would not normally take a class with us, people all over the country who want to sign up. And so I think that's something we're definitely going to continue, um, even when we're allowed to go back to meeting and holding classes in person. I would expect that we'll also continue to have some number of classes, um, probably especially uh, writing classes that we offer you know, online. That's awesome. You know, we've talked about a, a number of ups and downs, but are there any uh, particular successes or any little victories that you've had since all of this started um, that you're most excited about? <laughs> well, I mean, I'll say quite honestly, the, the first victory I think was the first night that we did a show, which was on, I think the 27th of March, just seeing 60 people show up and purchase a ticket. And then you know, greater number of people than that who were on the stream, lots of people watching together in groups. Uh, We put up that first show and I fully expected that um, no one would show up, even though I consider myself a fairly optimistic person. So, you know, just the fact that people have been willing to embrace this and have been willing to be supportive of um, local theater, you know, I'm not going to pretend that uh, what we're doing on Zoom is on par with a prestige drama that's up on, you know, Netflix or HBO. 
but um, there are people who appreciate the spontaneity of live theater, even if they're not live in the room with it. And so that to me has just been a huge success. The other big win for me um, is more a behind the scenes win, but um, I reached out because over the years, you know, 15 years doing this, you meet and form connections with a lot of other people. And, uh, you know, the, the national improv community is a fairly small one. It's probably similar to the national kind of circus arts community or something. And uh, mm-hmm. I orchestrated a, a conference for about 25 different uh, theater owners or directors, managers uh, two weeks ago, where we spent, you know, a few hours in the morning and a few hours in the evening outside of our kind of work time, just talking as a group about the challenges facing all of us budgets, doing classes online, performance, um, how to rethink our our business models, and also, you know, more simple things like, uh, you know, we're all fairly uh, extroverted. So how are we dealing with being stuck inside and not seeing people and not having the energy of the back and forth with folks? Or, um, you know, we were scattered all across the country. How are people going to deal with reopening? Um, And if they're in states that are pushing for that to happen faster, and as a result, their landlords have less patience or um, seeming flexibility, you know, because let's face it, rent is one of the biggest obstacles to any theater company at the moment. Um, You know, we're anticipating that we're not going to do a live show again uh, for quite some time. And uh, we're... We're sitting on a beautiful space uh, in Center City that is very expensive each month and just trying to figure out, you know, how um, how to work with our landlord to to allow us to come back and to to allow us to operate in a kind of reduced capacity without any need for a space. But we have a lease for it. So that that conference um, and having the chance to speak with many different people I've known for years and uh, we all appreciate each other and kind of be together trying to solve those problems. Although it's not specifically artistic, um, you know, I've been understandably kind of distracted from the artistic aspects of the theater in the past few weeks and um, getting those people together helped me kind of get focused back on what's happening on our virtual stage. So that was a big win. Awesome. Um, and how can people help out fit during this time and uh, support support your business? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, they can do what they did before, but just in a new way. So they can visit our website and look at our calendar of shows and uh, decide to sit down and watch some Zoom comedy uh, on, on an evening. They can look at our offerings in terms of classes. Um, and uh, we should be having classes for the summer uh, posted up on our website in the next few days. So I'm not sure exactly when this will go live, but um, by next week, we'll have those up. And um, they can also, if they want to, uh, visit our website and either buy a gift card or make a donation. We have a gift card page and a donation page that are pretty prominent uh, at the top of our navigation bar these days. So yeah, those are all things they can do. And I guess the last thing I'd mention is you know, if you have a business, we, we are continuing to do corporate work. And I think that there are far too many people at the moment who are spending all day sitting on miserable Zoom call after miserable Zoom call, feeling like they're on camera for eight hours and it's exhausting. And um, 
So we've been doing a lot of work just to come in and do something fun with people for an hour um, where they're not really worried that their boss is watching or that they can't be silly. Um, and we've been having a lot of success with that. So that's another thing. If, if someone is in a workplace that needs a morale boost, um, we're here for that kind of stuff too. <laughs> I think pretty much every workplace could use that. Well, Greg, it's been a, a morale boost just talking to you this afternoon. Um, and we deeply appreciate kind of you coming here and kind of bearing Fit's soul for us. Um, I really think that that you guys are super well poised just from the conversations that we've had with other artists and with other institutions during this time. Uh, you're thinking about really, really smart things. And I, I'm really excited to see what you do with all the new eyeballs that are on Fit now. Congratulations, you know, and it sounds like you're, you're taking to this like a duck takes to water. <laughs> well, I'm glad that I've convinced you of that. I'm clearly a better actor than I thought. But uh, yeah, thank you, Zach, for having me. I mean, it's always a pleasure to talk with everyone at Fringe. And Fringe is such an important part of the arts scene and community here, especially around devised work, which is, you know, sometimes how we refer to ourselves. And I'm just really glad that um, Fringe is doing as much as they are to help communicate out how different artists are feeling and reacting and trying to navigate in this world and is also here um, you know, to support the arts community. And I, I look forward to whatever form Fringe will take this year and uh, how FIT will stay involved with that. And, you know, then I just also hope that soon, but not too soon, we'll all be able to get back to normal and uh, spend some time at happy hour in person. Hey, thanks. Same to you. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Happy Hour on the Fringe. You can find Fringe Arts on Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, and Instagram and download the Fringe Arts app or just visit FringeArts.com. To you, Greg, and to all of our listeners at home, stay safe, stay well, and stay positive.